0: Hi, I'm Mackenzie, and this is The Mill Spouse Brief. Happy Friday. I hope you guys have had a wonderful week. This week has been really nice because I felt like it was really lax. Kate is on a business trip, and so I just had the place to myself. And I just feel like I've been really able to, like, finally have a deep breath since graduating, moving to Norfolk, getting the house all set up. So it was really nice, I feel like, this week to just take a deep breath and... Get everything put away where it needs to and not have a huge to-do list and so it generally has just been nice and I feel like I finally feel settled in. I feel like sometimes it's really hard to like work on things when your house is a mess because there's just boxes everywhere and so I definitely feel a lot better knowing that my house is finally put together. Every place has a home and everything's like good to go and so I'm really excited. Today on the episode... I have one of my friends that I commissioned with, and he was my OIC, which is my officer in charge of one of the companies while I was at OCS, while I was the CO, the commanding officer of our class. And so he comes on today to share his experience of when we were leadership for OCS during our SOC phase, which is the senior officer candidate phase. So it's a little bit longer of an episode just because... We talk about just kind of different funny stories and we both share our opinions, but I'm really grateful for you tuning in and I hope that you learn a lot and that you enjoy listening to what my life was like while I was in Newport, Rhode Island. If you are headed out to OCS and you're taking a listen to this, I hope these episodes are helping you. Please reach out if you have any specific questions or you want to talk before you go. I really wish I had this resource before I left, so I do hope that this is helping you. I hope you have a great weekend, and without further ado, here is the episode with Shiloh Bowen. All right, so I'm here with Bowen, so let's get started talking about sock phase. So we move into the hallways, and this is like the far end of Nimitz, and we all got new roommates, so talk about your roommate first.
1: Uh, my roommate was Willis. That was the, I, I guess we met him in Jockface because he, he, he was ended up rolling down. for NAV. And when we met him, he was cool, but he was always like reserved. Yeah. And so we moved hallways. And who was in charge of it? Was it Kai? Yeah. Kai so. was in charge of the room assignments. Apparently there was some stuff going on about like <laughs> who's blah, blah, blah. That's neither here nor there. They're like, all right, cool. You're going to be with Willis.
0: Which I feel like is honestly perfect for you guys. Because you guys... 100%. Like, if you would have ever known them or, like, not known them, they would have they were perfect to pair up with. You guys were, like, kind of bad together in the sense Whoa. that you guys both just did not care. So then you both had this, like, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> but I think that it helped balance out your guys' like frustrations with OCS. I feel Shit. like you guys easily, like, kept each other cool.
1: I, I think... Willis was def- easily the best roommate I had there. No offense to any of the other roommates. <laughs> you know, shout out my boy Vlad. <laughs> However, it wasn't that we didn't care. It was more so like we both understood that it's a stressful environment. Yeah. And it's kind of like, why would I stress myself out even more when this is my time to be like, okay, I can relax? Yeah. So.
0: I had the best roommate ever. Shout out to Watson. That was my girl. Yeah, like, I love Watson. Secret. She was awesome. She was like, Kind of like my mom there. I felt like she was always like taking care of me and like checking in on me and like helping me out. And it's so, like I was extremely grateful that I got to room with her because she made the world of the difference for my like sock phase. So now we move rooms, and I moved companies, which is a sore spot for Bowen. Yeah, I
1: forget you. <laughs> um,
0: so I moved to hotel, and Bowen was still in golf. And <sighs> the way it works, kind of at OCS, is. Companies are like floors. So second floor was golf and third floor was hotel and deck. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) And it's interesting because like throughout OCS, there will be times where you do a lot with your company and there will be times when you do like everything as a class. And so it's really interesting kind of like how that ebbs and flows. But I think because our classes were, our companies were so small, they always just merged us for a lot of things because we almost were like the size of one class alone one company alone as a class and so I felt like in the beginning and in doc phase like you do everything as a company like I barely even knew some people in hotels. I was just
1: gonna mention that dude we got to my bad for cutting you off but we got to sock or not sock face jock phase, and like plazinski and shield (laughs) so shield was my roommate however I'm like dude did you like when did you roll in and he's like I've been in the class the whole time. I'm like, I've never seen you. And that was what was so
0: weird. I was talking to one of our friends who rolled down because he got COVID. And we were talking about some of the people in his class. And I was like, like, I don't remember them. And he was like, yeah, they were all one three. And I was like, I have no recollection of half of these people ever. And I was like, but I think it's because that first like week you literally do everything as a company. Like we did not see hotel about ever. For those first couple times
1: it was more so like we seen them but because like when we the first week you're there everything's as a class yeah. however you're always separated and yeah. it's like you
0: just didn't know anybody we
1: can't go up up decks or whatever we can't yeah. transverse decks so it's kind of like i get to know the people that are in my p way and
0: almost like sometimes you did not even know the people at the end of the hall Yeah. Because, like, at first, like, our group was close because we were all right next to each other in the hall. So that was, like, kind of interesting But I was grateful that, like, I got to go be in hotel and experience hotel. (laughs) I bet you were. But so that was, like, kind of what was interesting. And Sock faith is interesting, I think, because it is very academically heavy in an interesting way in the sense that it's heavy for about one week. I feel like for jock phase, like I talked about in the last episode, you have tests every week and it kind of like builds, but sock phase, you're literally just week eight. That's all it is. You know, (gasps) week seven, you have classes. Week nine, you're kind of like doing more like hands-on things. But week eight, you got three finals within a set of five days and it's just very academically heavy. And so that was, I think, what was hard was there was no time for it to be like spread out. It was just boom, boom, boom. So the things you had were your cyber, you had your OPI, which was your officer personnel inspection. inspection, and that's in your service whites or service blues, dress blues, dress blues, yeah. Blues, yeah. Um, and then you have your navigation final. And so I felt like it was very heavy. And then you also have your cyber mid. No, I said cyber, but like you had your no. mid PFA. No. Yeah, because you are your mid-PFA. Because in-PFA is for jock, and mid-PFA is for sock. And then out-PFA right, yep. is for candy. <laughs> Fucking
1: candy. <laughs> okay. Ooh, there it was, but. So,
0: but yeah, so we had a lot in that week. And so that was like kind of what's interesting. And one of the main reasons I asked Bowen to come on was because we <laughs> ended up being in the leadership positions together. <laughs> so it was Tuesday morning. We finished PT.
1: Oh, damn. You got it down to the day.
0: And uh, <laughs> we do a huddle after pt every day which you'll end up doing with like your class team and normally they talk about some stuff and then everyone leaves besides top four and top four is your ceo so your commanding officer your xo your executive officers and then your two company oics which are officer in charge so he comes in and he's like all right because it's a new phase we're doing a new top four (laughs) old top four you're released the new top four is and he goes uh uh, co is culvert and my jaw just drops and i was like there is no way there is absolutely no way then he goes on tells us our xo our oic and then he goes okay golf's oic is bowen and i was like oh my
1: goodness yeah, that was fun time dude it was one of those like i could feel it coming but like You know, you never too sure because it's like we looked at each other, but like he like looked away real quick. And I'm like, what the hell? He made eye
0: contact with me and I looked down before he said my name. Like he made eye contact and I was like, I'm not making eye contact with you, chief. I'm not. And he goes to call her and I was like, you're kidding me right now. And I literally looked at him after when we were getting our phones and I was like, are you sure about this? Like, did you? are you sure that this is what you wanted like me to be? And so it was really interesting because it wasn't what I expected at all. And the interesting thing about OCS when you get put in one of these top 4 positions is it's a very quick turnaround and you're really expected to do everything starting then and there. The like transition turnover is minutes. Like we yeah. finish PT, we go and get our phones cuz top 4 has phones cuz that's how you communicate with your class team and like the other candios and people in the building. Because up until then you don't have your phone still. And so you go get your phone and then they're like, all right, you got to go to chow and like get to class. And we were like, oh my gosh. So what were your initial thoughts as like when you became OIC?
1: The honest truth, I was excited. The whole time I'm like, dude, I just want my phone back. (laughs) But it's like you want your phone until you get your phone. And then like you said, when you have everybody messaging you, like what's going on. It's like, please just stop. Because, like you said, the whole time, it's like, okay, we've made it through jock phase. But now it's like, this is the last step we have to do. And then they throw you into the leadership position. And it's like, everybody else gets to focus and do whatever they want. But now I got to write a report that needs <laughs> to be in by by 20, by 20 hundred. And I'm like, dude, and it's like.
0: Yeah, so I think that's interesting. Is like when you first get to OCS and you turn your phone in and you don't have any communication, like all you want is to get your phone back. But Mm -hmm. it is so distracting. I mean, there were times where I was like, "There's no way that I can answer this many text messages." And I think what was hard (laughs) was that first day, my phone blew up in class, I couldn't even tell you what we learned in navigation that day because I was like, they were blowing up my phone so much. Like One minute the chief is texting me and he's like, hey, the janitor closets are, are a mess. You need to have those cleaned by 0800 the next morning. And then they're like, what's this person's number? What's this password of this document? What's this? What's that? And I didn't know how quickly did I have to respond? When did I have to respond by? And the weird thing that I wasn't used to is when you're talking to them because you're in student status it is so formal so you have to literally like any message you send you have to greet them so i'd have to be like good morning ma'am good morning gentlemen send the message and then you'd have to be like v slash r which is very respectfully and then i'd have to say like officer candidate culver co and so every (laughs) message had to have that signature at the end so sending like a simple text where i could just be like yes you can't do that you'd have to be like sir yes that is this very respectfully officer candidate Culver, ceo you know and so i think that was what was hard was and then you can't text while you're walking so i feel like i was always just left behind i'd be like group go ahead like i have 12 (laughs) text messages i have to answer before we walk into chow right now
1: yeah i don't know i think in terms of that it was kind of like good training though because like now like that's that's how you're supposed to send emails it's like yeah you greet whoever because most of the people we're emailing are above like us in rank. So it's like, oh, you'd be good morning, ma'am, and then whatever the, the meat of the message is, and then you at the end very respectfully end in over. Yeah. Okay. Well, the nice
0: thing is I have a signature already set on my email, so set. I don't have to type any of that, which is really nice.
1: That is that is fun. But <laughs> but it's like it's one of those like in the moment it is annoying because you would just want to instantly I just wanna respond and be like okay, cool. Like I'll get this person to your office. Yeah. You can't say
0: like, you can't say, yeah. And like, that was my, no. I said, yeah. And they'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, yes, sir. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I think it was hard because like, I wasn't saying it in a disrespectful way and they never took it as disrespectful, but they took it as, um, like, chill or like non-professional like unprofessional, yeah. and so that was what was really hard because I was like they like asked me a question and I was like yeah like I was like excited they're like <laughs> yeah and I was like yes sir like and so that was like hard for me was to just when I would feel comfortable with them I would forget that it still had to be very formal and not familiar and so that was like a little hard for me to like continually remember like that I'd like stand at attention like every time I talked to them and like you know that. things like that
1: formal but not familiar because that that Yeah, that is what it is, but I don't know. But it's
0: hard because we became familiar with them. True. And so I think that was what was hard was, like, I was familiar with them. Like, they follow me on Facebook now, but, like, through weeks (laughs) seven through nine, I couldn't say yeah, you know? So that was what was just kind of interesting. So moving on, like, I think what was also hard was every top four for our class was very different.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: And so I think... We transitioned from a very different top four than what we ended up being, and I think that was also kind of interesting because it was like, All right, this is how the last top four worked, and this is how we're working. And if you want to know something about me, like, I'm all about efficiency, like, if we can be efficient, that's how I wanted it to do. And so, I think there, and like, one of the things I learned was, I feel like when you're in top four specifically like the leadership before us there was a lot of like fear to like mess up and to do something wrong (laughs) but i learned that like if we owned what we were doing and like we had a reasoning for why we were doing something we never really got in trouble like they never were like well why did you decide that i'd be like hey we're doing this and this is why and they'd be like sweet sounds good
1: see i'm glad you mentioned (laughs) that because that was my biggest thing with every person so it's like they tell you not so they don't want you screwing things up because why the hell would you? you're gonna be in charge of people's lives however if somebody does mess up that was always told by chief you're not gonna follow an order that's wrong yeah cool so like you said if we do something so there was one day uh just real quick we were outside nimitz we're mark time marching and he's like platoon um pause Everybody stops. I'm just sitting there because Chief and the whole class team was out there. So I'm like, I'm not gonna be the one who messes this up. So I just keep going. He's like, What the hell are you doing, Bowen? And I'm like, Chief, they, they didn't give the the proper command. And then he was like, Oh, so Bowen's the only one who wants to do it right. And it's like, it, it kind of felt weird because yeah. I didn't want to always be the only one who's doing that. But it's also like that's kind of my job. Like I'm holding whoever's in charge accountable for what they're doing it is like
0: and that was an interesting I feel like part about OCS was it was hard to be like we're all in this student status and all of us have different levels of leadership and some people were put in these top four positions because they really needed to learn how to lead and it was not like a strong suit for them and then I feel like there were other people that were put into leadership positions that had stronger leadership abilities and were comfortable and, and felt like they could do that you know yeah. and so i think that was what was also interesting was just adjusting to that and seeing like how was i going to be how are you going to be as oic like how are we going to run our class for those three weeks and so that was kind of interesting and i feel like a good experience for us
1: yeah i think all in all we it, it is biased because i was one of the top four but i think we in terms of like how things operated i think we were probably the best top four
0: yeah, I mean, It'd probably I really go got... the first
1: one, or it would go us, the first top four, and then, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, I definitely feel like we had a lot of compliments from people and, like, staff members, and our class team did tell us that they really appreciated, like, how sock phase went, and there weren't any major blow-ups, or there weren't anything that they really had to, like, handle, yeah. you know? And so I felt like that went really good, and while we were both in for four we were able to have some mentoring sh- sessions with our class team which i would really highly suggest to anybody that goes to ocs yeah. because getting to talk to like our main class officer he is phenomenal and so <laughs> being able to talk to him and like get his advice and hear how he's led for these last like i think what six plus years is when he because he said he yeah, went to the 2016 million, yeah. class so so like the last six years that he's led and what he learned being a submariner and like, so what was really just cool was just like hearing his stories and what he learned. And so I would really highly suggest to anybody, whether you're in the military or not, like one to have a mentor or multiple, but to, when you go to OCS to really get those mentorship sessions.
1: Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing is like when you get there, cause I made it a point like I'm, I don't want to be the one who we get eight weeks in and I don't know door injury procedures. So. I'm going to people's doors. I'm doing this. I hate it. Because I'd rather, I'd rather you discipline me now. Yeah,
0: that's true. And that's I, I learn this. Can't in and, not know. and then
1: it's like, or, you know, but I think that was the most important thing for me was like, I went in there and I'm not a nervous person, especially not around like other people. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, to me, we're all human beings. Like, yeah. once you go home, like, chief and gunner sergeant. Once you guys go home, you, you're completely different. So, like to me, it's like that's how I viewed you the whole time. This is just your job. This isn't who you are. Yeah. So it was like, I'm gonna go try and talk to you as a person. I wouldn't do that in the Indoc phase.
0: No. <laughs>
1: but like Jock and Sock phase, and that's when you can start. Too. Well, yeah, Candy, but candy is different because that's yeah, next, we'll talk week, about right? that yeah. next week, right? Yeah. But
0: but yeah. So I definitely would just suggest yeah. that. And even now, like I have a mentorship session with one of my mentors on Monday. So like I would really highly suggest like getting a mentor and talking to someone in your community. And even if like you're not in the military, like even in your work community or if there's somebody that you look up to in your life, like really, I think mentors are so important because it's like we should continue to keep growing and like getting better through life. Mm-hmm. So one of the coolest things of sock phase is the wet trainer. And the wet <laughs> trainer is basically where you go and you learn what it would be like to be on a ship if... Something happens to the ship and they start taking on water. And so you learn how to Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. prepare... um, Damage control. Yeah, damage control on a ship. And it's like a... It's a real ship, but it's like simulated to just like a small area of the ship. And all of a sudden they teach you like if there's a hole, how you do a certain patch. Or if a, a pipe has a cut, how you do different patches. Or if a door needs to be like shut, how you do shoring to like keep the door shut. And it was... Probably one of the top like five experiences at OCS for me.
1: The wet trainer was definitely the most fun time. Because the, the ins- trainer, yeah, the not, instructors, <laughs> not the after. instructors are
0: awesome. They are really kind. They are super fun. But just experiencing it, and it's like kind of like higher adrenaline. But it was it was so much fun.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I think the wet trainer was easily one of the top three things that we did there. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. I guess the class trip would be the the most fun thing. Well, at least the food was yeah. the most fun thing. But yeah, wet trainer was... It was a great time. However, it's one of those like... Everything there, dude, it's like... We'll move on later. But okay. the wet trainer was fun. Yeah,
0: the wet trainer is fun.
1: Everything else is... Oh, my God.
0: You know, but so like... And so I really did like going to the wet trainer and... Um, I think it's interesting, like, you really get to, like, see how people react in different situations. And so Mm -hmm. I just feel like overall it was just a a cool experience. So we've talked about how in jock phase you do rover watches. And so when you hit sock phase, you start doing OOD and Jude, which stands for Officer of the Deck or Junior Officer of the Deck. And what's really interesting about OCS is... A lot of times when you're like in the heat of it you're kind of like why the freak are we doing these things like why is this important but i feel like once you hit the fleet and you start hearing real life stories it makes sense why you're doing these things so oud and jude are where you basically stand at the podium so oud is officer of the deck and that is when you stand at a podium and basically allow people to come on or off the quarter deck, which symbolizes a ship. And so you stand there and you check people in and there's kind of like a whole procedure of like how you ask permission to either come aboard or go ashore. And so you do that. And I loved being Ood. <laughs> I had Ood was so, fun, yeah. I had so much fun because like you're talking to everyone, you really get to like see faces and you get to see all the different classes that are entering and leaving the building and I really like that. And then Jude is the junior officer of the deck, and that person will rove um, the building itself and check fire extinguishers and the AEDs and just make sure, like, nothing is wrong. <laughs> and then they also get, like, the daily temp and humidity and wind chill. And so I was also – I didn't love Jude personally. I really honestly never did it. I didn't either. <laughs> because it wasn't like – I liked being ood, but some people liked – walking around rather than like you do stand at a podium and you can't sit down and you can't do anything besides stand there for two to four hours so i oddly preferred that than walking around the building um but it kind of just depends and sometimes you can get lucky like if you got assigned as jude and the other person got assigned as oud and you want to like switch you can just both people have to be like standing the watch which is just yeah. important but that one is fun and what honestly really like helped me during sock phase was i got the two to four ouds like three times during sock phase. And it sounds like that sucks because like you're awake all night. So you literally go to sleep and then you wake up at one to like get to your watch at one thirty and then you're there till three thirty and then you have PT an hour later, you know? But for me, I strategically had it before a lot of big tests. So I just studied for those two hours.
1: Oh, and that's so that kind was what was really nice
0: was I like brought my mow board <laughs> with the way I had memorized how to study the mo boards. Mm. And I would just stand there and like pretend like, okay, so you plot the E to the R and then you, like, and I would just stand there and cause no one's coming in the building at one thirty in the morning, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was the only like kind of nice thing about my watches was I had like strategically quote unquote bad times, but it was like, enough of a break from studying because like i couldn't study past like maybe seven o'clock like I, my brain just was not on from like eight to nine so i would like go to sleep wake up and go to my watch and then i was like had enough sleep to like have a break and then still you know and be able to like kind of obtain that knowledge before the test but some of those times can be hard because when you're doing these midnight and in the middle of the night watches you don't get extra sleep the next day you're just still oh, expected yeah. to perform
1: I think in terms of watches, the best the best watch, I air quoted that, was uh I guess zero four to zero six because that's the one where you can sleep from taps to
0: three ish. Three.
1: Yeah. Wake up, put your khakis on, go down there, and then you don't go to PT. Yeah. Which most people enjoyed. But like you said, I didn't think of it that way with the whole trying to like study and stuff. Luckily, I never got any, any I, two to fours. I but, got, I
0: think, like, four or five two to fours during my time at OCS. Like, I constantly a, had two to fours. And so, for me, it was just like, well, I can't change the fact that I have this watch. So I need to adapt and, like, make it work for my lifestyle type thing.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It was more so, I think, in terms of watches, just anything that you had before a test was, like, super unlucky. Yeah. But it's also one of those, like you said, like don't take it personal because everybody has to do it like yeah you may feel like you're getting screwed over because you said you had four or five of them i don't think i had any zero two to zero four watches but it's also like that's just the way the cookie crumbled yeah somehow we both ended up doing what we had to do to get through see
0: i would rather have that i know a lot of people that like the 18 to 22 watch yeah because it doesn't affect your sleep, but I hated that watch. Really? That was like my, I traded every single 18 to 22s. I did, Word. I was like, I will take your middle of the night watch. I do not want to do an 18 to 22.
1: I was the opposite. I loved the 18 so, to 22. And so as
0: you're listening, you can know that like it's very easy to switch watches. And if you want a good billet, become the watch coordinator or become friends with the watch coordinator. Because that job, I feel like really did make or break your time at OCS.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. It's not supposed to be like a a friendship based thing. However, if you do know the person, you can. Yeah. You can finesse your way into something And it's not necessarily even
0: like a friendship thing, but like I think it's more just like, hey, like I need this time, or like can you set me with this person, or you know things like that. I just feel like they like. No, not in terms of that.
1: Bit. That's what I'm talking about. But in terms of like, if you're the watch wheel coordinator. You can't screw somebody over oh, because yeah. you no, don't like them. No, everyone still has like, to
0: like do watches. There's no like you're yeah. getting out of a watch. It was more just that you could have like maybe a preferred time or things like that. Yeah,
1: but if anything, like you said, I would want to be the OOD. For sure. Officer of the Deck was the best, best thing ever. I liked it because, like you said, you got to sit there, and then you especially before there, you not hell not to sit there. week, we were oh yeah my bad you you stand there and then especially before hell week like we had time to like actually study
0: yeah so the next thing i want to talk about is kind of what it's like when you get sick at ocs because it's it's kind of interesting so (laughs) you have sick call in the morning that you can go to Mm -hmm. and it's only from monday to friday so if you get sick on the weekends you You go go to the er ER, Which some people would be very dramatic about and, like, have a cough and then they'd show up at the ER and I was like, I cannot imagine how Nickney is, like, standing that.
1: I don't even think it was, you don't go to Nickney. I think you go off-base ER. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, jeez, I did not know that because I I never went. But, so, for me, like, I got sick during sock phase and what's really hard is you sadly kind of have to weigh, like, how sick am I? Is this worth it? Because you don't want them to quarantine you and then all of a sudden you're missing a major event and you roll.
1: I am Ensign Bowen and I did not approve this message. <laughs> However, she's not lying. So just just to preface that, I don't know if you mentioned it about indoc phase, but we had COVID going around.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't know
1: all about that. Personally, <laughs> did you tell them how I felt? What? Personally, I felt like just there was no taking any chances because everybody i was i'm a team player it didn't seem that way the first couple months we were there but in terms of that i didn't want anybody to feel like you know like i'm not worried about them so in terms of like health wise if i ever felt sick i was going to get checked out however like you said there is times where it's like I think it's more so prevalent in end um, doc phase yeah. because you have physical events that are like one time shots. Like if you don't make it through, oh, well, whereas like um, I think Underwood, he got to do it with yo, the, with the a, history test. Yo, he didn't take it because he had covid. He came back he the next day. He it. got to take it. And so they
0: will work with you, but I also was just like, look, I'm not willing to risk it. I'm not willing, like, as long as I can slowly start feeling better. And that's, like, my personal choice. Like, I don't want you to think that, like, if you're sick, don't get to the doctors. But I felt like at OCS, you kind of had to weigh, like... What can they really do for me if this is like a viral infection? Like you can't do anything for a viral infection, you know? True. And so it was one of those things where I felt like you had to weigh like how sick am I or how do I actually feel? And it's kind of like because you didn't want them to be like, oh, well, we think you should be on SIQ, which is sick in quarters for three days and miss a test. And, you know, like, yeah. you, you know, and it was one of the things where like, well, if I got on SIQ, how would that affect me being CO? And I had this to prepare for, you know? And so it was all those things that I felt like I just had to like weigh on me. And so for me, that was when I was like, all right, eat a bunch of vegetables, drink a ton of water, say some prayers and like just keep <laughs> pushing. Um, but that was like my own personal opinion because I didn't have anything major. I just didn't feel good for a couple days.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that and that's understandable. Like I'm sure there was times where it's like, oh damn, I don't feel good either. But it's one of those, like you say, you, you'll know if there's something really wrong with you. like. Yeah. If you're wheezing because you just walked up a flight of stairs, you should probably go get checked out. Yeah, if
0: you have a fever, but if you got a
1: like, cough, like, yeah, it's bound to happen. I I'm coming from the West Coast in Seattle where it's like it's raining all the time, but then you get to Newport and it's like you're you're walking around no no jackets on or anything and now I'm Freezing, And it's like, oh my God, like what's happening? Like it, it, you're bound to have something going on. Exactly. Well, so
0: that's kind of like how it works at OCS. But like you can, there are medical attentions there. You can go and get medicine. It's just interesting kind of like how it works necessarily.
1: Yeah, you can get medically rolled, which does not count as a failure against you. Correct. So that's like a big thing to make sure people know. It's like it... You roll, so you are there for three extra weeks. You're However, it's not a failure. Yeah,
0: it's not a failure. So, but for me, like I was really motivated <laughs> to like get to the end in thirteen weeks, and my family had already bought plane tickets and hotels, and <laughs> I had a lot of things lined up to graduate July fifteenth.
1: Already right. in did sock they,
0: phase, they did that. They bought them before I went to OCS.
1: I, oh, see. No, I told my people, I'm like, hey, you'll know when I'm graduating.
0: No, my family had everything booked before I left for OCS.
1: Well, more PRTs. There, there, there was
0: a little pressure. There was a little pressure. <laughs> um, so the next thing that was interesting at OCS was we had, before you performed any of your PRTs, um, normally the day before, the weekend before, you had what's called a BCA, which is where you do your height and weight. Yeah, and we had an interesting kind of situation happen for our sock BCA was because you'll learn OCS like, through the different phases. The last phase is an applied leadership phase, which I'll talk about next week. And so we didn't have the best Candios, and they were really unprepared for a lot of things. And so what happened was, and it was a really good learning lesson for me to like watch, was they didn't have this paperwork ready. Mm-hmm. And the BCA was like supposed to happen at like 2 p.m., but there was no reason that they were gonna have a BCA at 2 p.m., Like you don't need to have it in the morning after PT. Yeah. And so, There was this like whole weight up and it was this whole fiasco.
1: We were standing there for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And then
0: it didn't happen. So then we ended up did getting weighed in the afternoon and it was just a mess. And so what I learned from that was that you really need to be prepared the night before for whatever the task is before for the next day because you don't know if maybe your CO comes in and is like, Hey, I had a meeting change. We're moving up our 2 p.m. meeting to 10 a.m. today, but you were prepared to like print off paperwork during lunch, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was an interesting lesson that I felt like I learned was like, being prepared the day before for whatever the events were the next day because you don't know. And, like, I felt like at OCS, the time frames changed for a lot. Like, all of a sudden, like, our class would text us, and they would be like, hey, this got canceled. We're moving this up, and this is now new. Yeah. And so I felt like that's kind of what I tried to, like, instill in a lot of people. You at OCS, because you're doing navigation, you carry these maps around. And so a (laughs) lot of people – I remember, like, the first day, like, every day you'd ask, like, the section leader, like, oh, are we bringing our map? And so I finally put out there – until you are done with the navigation final, you will bring your map, or it's, I guess it's a chart. I'm gonna get in trouble for that. Yeah. Your chart.
1: I wasn't gonna say anything, but yeah. It's a chart. I was
0: wondering why saying map felt weird. So you gonna <laughs> you bring your chart and your chart tubes with you to class every single day, mm-hmm. and it ruffled some of my classmates' feathers because they're like, "We're not using it today." And I was like, I get that, but if they change their mind or the professor decides to teach us something new or you have time to use your chart, you have it. And we all had to be, like, uniform. So if one person had their chart tube, everyone needed to have their chart tube. So it was kind of this whole thing. And what I told the class team, or the class, excuse me, was we're going to just be prepared. So even if you don't ever use your chart for the entire time you take it which is not true because we used our charts, you're going to have it. Yeah. And it ruffled some people's feathers because they'd be like, well, we're not using it today. But I was like, it's easier just to know you need to bring it every day until you're done with navigation than like, oh, are we using it today? Or are we bringing it today? Like, yes, yeah. because we're bringing it until you're done with your charting too. And so that was like what I learned from that was you just need to be prepared because you don't know what life's going to throw at you.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. I was I was one of the people who was confused why we had the <laughs> tubes most times. Because it was like, we were doing mo boards, mo boards fit in your backpack, like you didn't really need the charts. However, I do agree, like at any point in time, things changed at OCS, and I think they do a good job of building on that, like you said, being prepared for the next day. Yeah. Like a lot of the events in indoc phase, you got prepared the night before because the day of, it's not going to be a, oh, I got to do this, this, this. No, you don't get to do this, this, and this. You're yeah. going to execute and if you fail you fail so it's like i think that's kind of how it goes in the fleet like yeah you you get a task either you complete it or you don't it's not a oh let me retry like you know, now we're gonna we're gonna move on so
0: and so that's like kind of like what i thought was really important and was like one of my big leadership things was like one thinking efficiently and then two like being prepared Real funny story that I like never want to forget is the... there So I've talked about how our class size changed a lot. Mm -hmm. So there was an individual who rolled down to the next class. And so while you're at Nimitz, you still see all these people all the time because you're still in the same building. You're not in the same hallway necessarily, but you still see them a lot. There's still a lot of interaction. So we were talking to one of our good friends and he was like, you're never gonna guess what happened this morning. And we were like, what? So the way that you get woken up at OCS is the section leader that day will wake you up at whatever time is like the correct time by saying like revely 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 and then that's kind of your uh what's the word? revely
1: is wake up call yeah so but
0: and that's just like your when they say reveille that's when you post outside your door so you yeah. open up your door you stand outside with your roommate or if you don't have a hatchmate and then you count off and that's kind of your morning muster and that's how they take accountability every morning at 5 every day. He, yeah.
1: So Saturday, Sundays included.
0: Yeah. So you do it every day. And what was funny was he told us that this kid called Reveille at 2 in the morning because his watch got messed up and he thought it was 5. So he wakes everyone Jesus. up at like 2 in the morning. They're all freaking out because they're dead asleep because it's 2 o'clock in the morning. And they're poking their heads out and they're like dude, what is going on? And he's like, I'm revving everyone. Like, what do you mean? And they're like, it's two in the morning. (laughs) And he's like, what? And they're like, yeah, go back to bed. But everyone's freaking out. Because you remember like the thought of hearing that and not knowing that you're, properly dressed because you had to post out in your uniform or the proper uniform of the day at that time
1: at least in a uniform to where you could leave
0: yeah but like <laughs> so that's the other thing it was like it but i was dying of laughter the thought of like getting woken up at two o'clock in the morning i'd thinking, be pissed i mean I, it's definitely like i'm glad it didn't happen to us but it was funny to like hear and then when you knew the person that did it it made it like even <laughs> funnier and so it was just one of those things that as i was writing Reading through my journal to write our list of what we we're going to talk about today, I remember reading that at the bottom, and I was like, "That is hysterical." Yeah. So don't be a bad section leader, uh, your day. So
1: honestly, I don't even—it's th- not even possible to be a bad section leader. Everything's given to you.
0: Yeah, but it's very possible to be bad section leader. Well, so yes, bad, but what I mean is leader. like. And I feel like it'd just be like the same thing with section leader that I learned was prepare the night before figure out what the plan of the day is make sure you know your child hall procedures and talk to your co and oic and that was something that i instilled was having my oics talk to the section leader the day before because they would be able to know like hey this changed in the plan of the day or you need to be aware of this or this should what your count should be type thing because that was like i think what was really hard was when you didn't have a section leader that knew everything it really threw off so much
1: yeah i don't know i think Once again, in sock phase, it's one of those, like, you should know what's going on because we've been here for six, seven weeks now. So it's like...
0: You should, but we still have people that didn't.
1: We did, but honestly, I think our class, in terms of that aspect, we were solid because people knew what was going on at that time. And it was like, I didn't really have to... Like you said, like, with meeting with the section leader... The section leaders would be like, Oh, Bowen, like, what? Do I got to know anything? No. Cause yeah, there's, but if there was like nothing something, to know. But yeah, was, if something did change, it was good I'd, we'd get a message in class or something, or like you in between. would really go talk hey, to them. Hey, this is what's going on, X, Y, and Z. And then, you you know, throughout the day, you can get a count like, Hey, yeah. section leader, what's the count? Oh, I got this many people. All right, cool. Are you tracking that this person's here? But in terms of that, yeah. I... Honestly, it just comes down to like you said, just being prepared. Like, you you're gonna know what the the schedule at least at least an outline or a skeleton of the schedule for the next day because like you said, things change. Like, there's gonna be times where drills not on the schedule, but well, I guess not in sock phase. But, but you're yeah, gonna but go f- to you're gonna go drill because like, you have a three hour sock block.
0: Phase, like our gunnery sergeant would be like, hey, bring the class over. I'm gonna do like a oh, you're right. We went the king. Yeah. Impromptu like. Uh, okay. Mentors. It's like mentors. You know, so that's the thing is it really does, like, change a lot. So the next thing that's, like, really big in sock phase is what's called Hell Week. Everyone classifies it as Hell Week, and it's your eighth week. So your eighth week um, entails Monday. You wake up and you do your um, mid-PRT. And so you do the mile and a half, the push-ups and the plank. And then you take your cyber test, which is the easiest test. Don't stress about that at all. I studied Sunday night for maybe 60 minutes, and I got a 94. So, like...
1: Oh, look at you. It was not hard. It wasn't hard. I didn't study at all and that was the part that annoyed me. Because I got like a 8. That was the lowest score I got out of any of them. I got like an 84. But I was like I didn't ever look at this. So it's one of those
0: So it's not if hard. If you prepare not, like
1: like you said, if you you give it like an hour or so, you, but
0: still you can still get an 84 and not study. Like no one failed Cyber. It is so yeah, basic. No. It's so easy. So then but, Tuesday you study prepare Wednesday you have OPI which is your officer personnel inspection and that's in your dress uniform and that's conducted by Officers and that's when you have to know all of appendix Delta, which is all of your ships your airplanes your Armaments armaments, which is like all of the different torpedoes and
1: Guns, guns that.
0: Submarines like you have to know all of this Navy stuff and it's interesting yeah. because part of Appendix Delta, you have to know verbatim. So like your oath of office, your rank structure, um, the military song. So the Marine Corps hymn and Anchors Away. Like, so certain, certain things you had to know verbatim. Yeah. But then the rest of it, they classify it as a working knowledge. And that's what's really hard about OCS for a lot of the times is everyone has a different definition of what a working knowledge is. Yeah. So some people expect you to really know everything and then some people expect you just have like an idea of it. So it's like, were you gonna ask were you gonna be asked what a Nimitz class carrier is in the propulsion and the armament and all this kind of stuff, or were you just gonna be asked to like name the two types of aircraft carriers, the Ford and the Nimitz? So yeah. that was like kind of what was hard was you had no idea what you were going to be asked, and it was all fair game in this book.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of that just one thing i want to like make note of is that in terms of opi they're not there to fail you like there, yeah. none of the none of the class officers are just the officers who take part in opi are there like oh yeah i'm going to go in here and make sure this person fails like no like you said i'm going in there and working knowledge as much as it it's subjective cuz some some of the officers want you to know everything
0: and, and sometimes some they're of them are sub like subjective okay, you know about something. what their things are. Like if you got a submariner, he's going to ask you about submarines. If you got a swo, they're going to ask you about a cruiser or destroyer. If you got a pilot, they're going to ask you about probably the aircraft that they flew you know and so that's yeah. the other thing is like you don't really know who you're going to get or what they're going to ask you but i agree i don't think that they ever go in wanting to fail you some of them are known for asking harder questions but i think that they all really just want to know that you put in the effort and that you're willing to learn and that you tried to learn it
1: yeah i don't so like um lieutenant Bearden, like he said there's not really there's not much they can ask you that's not in the um what is that called? A
0: salsa. The no. OCR?
1: Yeah. Not in the OCR. Yeah. So it's like, unless you say something that's not in the OCR because you just want to be super macho, like, oh my God, I know everything. You can't, there's not really much harder questions. Like all they can ask you is the armament. Yeah. The propulsion.
0: But it's hard to like remember all of that.
1: It is hard to remember that. But like you said, it's working knowledge. Like, yeah. okay, maybe I don't know every machine gun we have on a surface vessel yeah however i do know that there is machine guns i'm not shooting a a machine gun at just anything like true.
0: yeah and so i feel like sometimes they also help you like at least my inspector she's not there anymore but she's like one of the best officers ever she would be like asking me a question and if i didn't get it right or if like i didn't do the answer that she wanted she'd be like okay so are there other ones exactly or she'd be like okay well you stated that you knew about the sm6 tell me what like tell me about the yeah the standard missile you know like tell me what the standard missile family's like or if she was like okay so you brought up the submarines tell me what the types of virginia class submarines are you know so exactly. that's the thing is like they do kind of guide you to a certain degree about like figuring out and the biggest thing that i was told for opi is your confidence and your bearing points are like (laughs) almost i think what a fourth of it like if you confidence
1: is bearing you can only get three points and it doesn't double so that's a good thing
0: i think or eight something like that
1: confidence is four but it doubles so with working knowledge and all the stuff that's not verbatim everything doubles because it's like out of 35 or something, it's but then 100. it's times two. No, 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 it's oh, out of a hundred, but it's 35 yeah, and then times working. two. So it's like 70% of your your total, like overall stuff is based on your confidence and your working knowledge. Another big thing is they, most times you don't get through everything. There is some officers who come in, they That's give you blazing. one one or two questions from each of them. And then it's like, okay, if you answer those two questions, right, cool. Other times, like you said, if you get um, a sub sub person, so I'm nice. just going to ask you a bunch of submarine questions.
0: And not touch and anything it, else.
1: Exactly. And then if you get all those right, because you get all the points. That's That's another thing. You get every point. For the questions they don't ask you.
0: Yeah. And I was asked like very few. And like I said on the other episodes, like I'm not the person to ask about inspections because I had the easiest inspections from any person I talked to.
1: Um,
0: but like, So for example, like I was asked, I think like nine out of the 25 sections. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so she gave me all the other points because she didn't ask me the other section. So they can't take away. It's not like a multiple choice question or a test where like if you don't answer, you fail. Yep. It's, you just have to answer what they ask you, exactly. you know? And, and she all. even told me when I went and talked to her after, like I was like, Hey, how did I do? Like, do you have any advice for me? And she was like, honestly, like you got a few questions wrong for the working knowledge, but you were so confident about your answers and how you knew. Like I knew that that information was there and it was a working knowledge. So I wasn't going to hit you for not knowing it verbatim because yeah. like, I remember I got the armament question wrong on one of them because she asked me and I named like every single armament besides the answer like I I literally listed every single one besides SM3 I just like could not like that's not the one I thought the answer was Mm -hmm. and so I just kept kind of like jumping but she was like even though you got that answer wrong which was one of the only ones I got wrong because I got a 90 I was like really proud of myself actually (laughs) because OPI is hard but she was like, you were so confident about all your other questions that I wasn't, I, you were, you know, like I was able to see that you had put in the effort and that's why I would just move on because I was like, she, she doesn't know the armament question. I'm not going to drill you for armament. I'm going to move on to another section and see yeah. how you do.
1: And, I, and and that goes back to, like I said, they're not there to fail you. Like if yeah. I see you're struggling with something, because first of all, you can only lose like what, three points per thing?
0: Even some two. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's like worst case scenario, they just ask you the same question for 15 minutes but now you have to give me the other points because exactly granted once again you could fail because it is subjective and if it's like the person wants to fail you because you didn't know then that's true
0: i would also say with this one because it's officers they in a odd way like i didn't expect it they judge your room pretty hard like they want your, your room to be clean and very clean like they will check in places that like the Enlisted, don't look in your other inspections, <laughs> and so like I will say that they they kind of have this thing that they tell us. They say that when they walk in, they want the room to be clean, and if the room's dirty and they see things out of place, it automatically kind of puts them off. And then when they start doing your verbatim, so they start with verbatim after they check your room. If your verbatim's all messed up, they're like, "Dang, so you didn't have time to like work on your verbatim." And then they go into the yeah, working your knowledge. And And then your room's jacked up. So they always <laughs> said, like, if your room is good and you nail your verbatim, specifically the oath of office, like, practice that now if you're going to OCS. Practice your oath of office, you know? If ah. you can nail those things, then when you get to the working knowledge, they're like, all right, well, I barely had to take off any points, and now we have the working knowledge, and you still have – Say anywhere from 100 to 90 points to work with. Yeah. But if you mess up your room and you mess up all of the verbatim, then you're maybe already at like 85, and you got very little room to work with for the working, which is the hardest part.
1: Well, yeah, you need an 80. Huh? Yeah, no. you need an 80 to 80 pass. 70? No, it's 80 for inspections yeah
0: and so that's like the thing about opi is like it is kind of tricky but if you study and kind of like i talked about in jock days like if you can just be confident with yourself and you can believe in yourself it really makes a world of a difference
1: 100 percent. i think in terms of the inspections it's not nah, it's not the hardest one it's the most knowledge-based inspection but it's also one of those like it just depends so at first just reading anything, it's not going to click for me.
0: Yeah, you said like, out, like you're learning techniques. Yeah, so
1: with um Delta, it was like I kind of made it like a game. One of the candios was like, oh, I just made it a game. So I'm like, cool. So I'm like, oh, well, this country's shooting this at me. What am I going to use? Oh, I'm going to do this X, Y, and Z. And then it's like, oh, like that's really what you could do.
0: Yeah, and so you just got to figure like, out like how you learn and like what was yeah. best for you. You don't
1: have to know everything. If you know a little bit about everything, it goes a long way like what is it a, a jack of all trades mm-hmm. like if you're a jack of all trades you'll be all right yeah. like you don't need to be a master of anything because yeah you just need to know like you're the human, basics right <laughs> yeah
0: um the next thing and i'll just brief on it really quickly was while we were um in the top four we had an incident with a candidate um not kind of telling the truth about running x amount of laps for the prt and for me it was really hard because it kind of came down to this whole thing of like, is she telling the truth, is she lying, all the data doesn't back it up. And it was really hard for me because the person before, uh, I would say like two or three classes before us had this same incident and they got kicked out of the program. So I felt like it weighed very heavy on me that this information had been brought to my attention and I had to go talk to class team about it knowing that there was a chance that she could possibly get kicked out of the program, you know. And so for me, it was a very, very big learning experience and I learned so much in that time. And it's hard because I feel like that's what they talk about when leadership is hard because it was put in front of me and I have the honor code in front of me that's saying an officer does not lie, cheat, or steal. And if I withhold this information, I'm now lying. I'm now being dishonest about it. And now I have somebody that's also being dishonest about it. And so it was a very interesting situation. I was really grateful after that I was able mm-hmm. to experience it because I learned a lot in the heart of it. It was very hard for me to deal with and know what the right thing to do with. Yeah, it was, but I felt like now I'm like, all right, going through that, I learned so much. I now know how to handle certain situations and what I need to do. And my biggest takeaway was when you, as an officer, have to discipline somebody in the fleet, and because I wasn't an officer at the time. I was still in student status, but like now as an officer in the fleet, when I ever have to do something – it is not my fault for having to do a disciplinary decision because they are the ones that made that action and they are the ones that put themselves in that situation it is not my fault that i now have to deal with that because they are the ones i wasn't the one saying don't run six laps Mm -hmm. it was that was her decision to do um but i had to be the one to act upon it after the information was given to me and so that was the interesting thing for me was like it helped me realize like i'm not at fault For having to do my job. Because somebody decided not to do their job. Yeah. And so that's kind of like what I learned in the gist of it. So let's talk about navigation.
1: (laughs) Navigation was rough, man.
0: And it's funny because, like I've said, Bowen is a SWO. So he's a public (laughs) affairs officer. So he really has to know navigation. I probably never in my entire life will do navigation again as a public affairs officer.
1: You definitely will not (laughs) do navigation again.
0: But navigation's but, really hard. I was the first person to say that navigation was very hard for me.
1: Yeah, there's some people, craft, <laughs> where it's like you get there and this person's just different. Like I don't craft didn't struggle at all with anything. I know, right? He's and amazing. it and it's one of the, and that's my point. It's one of those like if you're just coming in like and you really don't know anything. Like I've never had to navigate on waters ever in my life like yeah i did sign up to do that yeah but it's like when you get to the classes and you're like dude i have to learn how to do all of this
0: well that and like navigation is interesting because you're learning so many different topics you're learning anchoring you're learning set and drift you're learning
1: in five days running
0: fixes fixes and this is all basically like you're given coordinates on a chart and then they're saying okay so for like anchoring they're saying like you're going to this anchoring spot from this direction How do you get there? How long does it take you? Where do you put your anchor? Or for set and drift, they're saying like, you start at one location, you're going to another coordinates and they give you like the degrees and the direction. But then all of a sudden, when you figure out where you're actually at, you're 15 degrees off from that location. So how do you now then get to that location you wanted to be at? how do
1: you get back on track? Yeah, or like like if they're like,
0: hey, you need to go to this location. What route are you gonna take? And you're gonna use these navvades, which are navades are like a lighthouse or a building or a pavilion or a yeah. water tower. <laughs> and you've got to like map your way because you like you think like a lot of drive straight, but that's not like how it works in the water. And so yeah. that's what was interesting about navigation was it was a lot of that, and then you have mo boards, which are maneuvering boards.
1: That was the hardest part of navigation.
0: Oh my gosh. So maneuvering boards are like where you're given a chart, it's a smaller one, and it's like a circle graph, basically. Yeah. And they're given, and so they say, like, okay, you're on this course as the shift, on this direction, traveling this speed. And then the, the like, word problem would basically say, like, and then you need to go this way and say where your location <laughs> is. And you'd have to, like, give... The way, like, a mo board would work was...
1: You had multiple of them. You had CPA mo boards. But you
0: had to, like, figure out a bunch of different things. So you would, yeah. like... Every spot on the mow board's like it's like a word problem or like it's a problem that adds on. So you do like the first part and you'd get like three answers. But if any of those three answers were messed up, then Mm -hmm. all of your rest of the answers would be messed up because you use your first answers to build upon each other. Yeah. And so I think that's what's hard is it has to be very exact. They give you like a wiggle room. They think it's like what, three or six degrees each way. Which
1: isn't a lot when you really when you get down to it, like you said, like being like really specific it's not a lot of wiggle room like you think it is well the minutes is yeah but like when you're charting the minute isn't that like it's not a big space and so
0: that's what was interesting about like navigation was it's so much and then like you have to be exact because everything adds upon and then you have like a speed wheel so if your time is off then your distance is going to be off so if you do if you calculate the wrong time so then therefore you get the wrong distance. Your next problem is going to be messed up because you think it's 1,500 yards and it's actually 4,000 yards or yeah. you know something like that. And so I think that was what was hard for me about anchor or navigation was one, it was a lot, a lot of steps. And for me, you needed to know the process of it to be able to do it because every word problem was different. And yeah. so it was about learning the process. Which for me was like okay, so I would come up with these really silly sayings <laughs> that like somehow helped me remember the steps. So like I think one of my sayings, if I can remember it correctly, was like, I go to the ER and my mom doesn't recognize me. So when I go to her room, I see that I'm there and like and, and that. So like er is the first vector that you have to map on the mo board so that's why i was
1: like because we are er yeah
0: you know so then i was able to say like, okay i'm at the er and then when i say like my mom doesn't recognize me the dr was the dead reckoning point that i needed to go to and then i think i said like when i go to her room the rm was another point and so then i would talk about like her special something and special was like I had to go to the speed wheel yeah. so that's kind of how my brain worked and like every person I told you to, like I would walk around saying these like sayings to remember it everyone would be like what is wrong with you but somehow that's like how I remembered it so you kind of just have to figure out how you learn navigation but some people I think what was hardest for me was some people were picking it up like that like oh, you yes. had a three hour final we had people finish in 45 minutes <laughs> A three hour final, people were finishing in 45 minutes
1: I think Bar got like 100%
0: I know Trip did
1: And it was one of those, like, like you said like, Especially with it being my job And that was like the part that was just frustrating me It yeah. was like, it didn't click But I think that's my biggest advice To like the people that are going Like if you have time now to try and like dibble and dabble At least like recognize it when you see it mm-hmm. But it's like, the instructors there The best one, and she left now. (laughs) Like she was the only one that was patient. She was the only one who really wanted to help. Like
0: frustrated because they they've been doing this for four to six years.
1: And then it's like, oh, this person's trying to, but it's like, and that's the thing is like, I think they fail to realize that we're all there, like trying to learn how to do this. Like this isn't a, oh, I've been doing this. Like I should have known how to do this before I got here. It's like no, I just got here. Please help me. Yeah. And it's like I think. I didn't, you know, the CPA moboard did not click for me until the night before the final. Really? I was okay, up until so midnight. For
0: me, I got the CPA moboard, which was like the only moboard that I got, but then we had to do stationing and. Was it dog leg?
1: Yeah, stationing and then. Um, yeah, dog leg one. I think that's the other one. I think dog leg is stationed. So
0: then what's the other one? The CPA. But the other one, so it was uh, stationing and.
1: Um, avoidance.
0: Avoidance. So for my final. I literally did not answer my stationing or avoidance mode boards. I left them completely blank because really? I could not remember it. Like, I just blanked. And I <laughs> the instructor walks over, and I was like, look, I'm real confused right now. We're, in like, we're at, like, two hours now. And I'm like, so I read in the problem, and I'm like, is this what it's asking me to, like, plot? And he <laughs> looks at me, and he goes, why? Like, eyes wide. He's like, absolutely not. And I was like...
1: Jesus. <laughs>
0: well, that's, that's great. He, like, looks at me, and I was like, look, I'm the lost cause at this point. Like, <laughs> I, you can just go back to your desk. And so I, like, you know, so I started calculating all the points. I'm like, all right, th- I know this is right. I feel confident on this. And so I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, I just got to turn my test in and hope that I can at least get a 70 on this, because that's all I need to pass.
1: Damn, we were really 72. in the same... 72! <laughs> hey, we were literally in the same boat. That's exactly what happened, so... Like I said, the CPA mo board didn't click until, like, the night before the final. Like, I was up until midnight doing mo boards. Willis is in there, like, trying to help me how to do it. He's doing his thing because he rolled for NAV. But I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, I know I can do this. So, like you said, we get in there. But I was so focused, like, the days leading up to NAV, I'm so focused on trying to figure out the CPA mo board. I forgot. I didn't do the set and drift. The charting was the easy stuff, because I'm like, that, it just makes sense. I just use the nav aids, yeah. wherever they meet, cool, now I know where it is. But I'm like, dude, set and drift, and I think it was the um, anchoring? stationing mow board. No, anchoring was easy. Uh, the, anything on the chart was easy other than set and drift. But it was like, I left set and drift, and then the avoidance, or not avoidance, but the stationing, stationing mow board, blank. And I'm like, so I'm looking at it, I did the same thing. I'm like, dude, there's 80% of this test that I'm like, alright, I know these answers are, except for the multiple choice, or like the oh, yeah. the multiple choice ones. It's like, Hopefully
0: I got these right
1: yeah, way. so whatever. But I'm like, the rest of this, cool, like I, I'm, I feel okay. Dude, they came back, <laughs> I got a 72. I'm like, hey, I'm like, so if I got a 70 on the midterm and a 72 here, I'm good, right? He's like, yeah. You could have the test back I don't even care anymore but it's like dude it was so oh my gosh it was rough but
0: yeah no it was really rough and so I think that was really hard for me because I was like man and then what my advice was what I was told was look at and so I worked on set and drift specifically because it was 10 points and so I was told look at through the test your stationing and your avoidance mow boards are only three points each. So you have to do an entire CPA and then do the avoidance or stationing part of the mow board. And it's only three three points, but your set and drift was 10 points. And so that's why I also didn't even focus on stationing or avoidance, because I was like, those are only three points. If I mess up set and drift, that's 10 points. Yeah. And then I noticed right before I turn my test and it's like 2.45 on the timer, <laughs> I look down and I like catch that it says like it's like question 12, and it says like did it at minutes. And I'm like looking at the the like answer or and it says like yards is supposed to be for 12. And I'm like, Yeah.
1: What
0: happened? <laughs> and so because I didn't do stationing and avoidance, my answers all shifted one line.
1: Oh. And so
0: I was like, oh yeah. my <laughs> gosh. And so I start freaking out. And I have to race my entire test. Gotcha. Luckily, I did create the good habit of writing all my answers down on my chart and like the other mode boards to be like, okay, this answer, like I got 12 here. And so luckily I had all the answers in different places. I just had to go find them. Oh, see. But I was stressing because I was like, if I had not looked over my answers and I had just been like, F it, let me turn in this test, I would have had to retake it. And that's my other <laughs> advice is like, obviously you can't help it if you like fail or not, but passing navigation is The one test, obviously, Bones, going to sit here and say, pass every test. And you should. You should pass every test. But navigation is the one test you really do want to pass because that is the only weekend at OCS that you are, like, free in the sense of you have nothing to study for. You don't have any job at the time because you haven't become a cameo yet. Like, we had a relaxing, I think I took, like, almost Mm -hmm. two to three naps a day during that weekend. Because you had nothing to do. You're
1: not supposed to, Cole. You're not
0: supposed to nap. <laughs> but you had nothing to do. We didn't have any tests to study for. That's true. And my and, and in my defense, why I was napping so much, was the people that failed the navigation and had to retake four days later, we covered all of their watches. I had three extra watches that I stood that weekend. So what I what we decided as a class was the people that had to retake the nap, we would take all their weekend watches so that they could really study to pass. Because if you failed again, then you were out of the The class you rolled or you were out of the program for some of the people and Mm -hmm. so we took all so i had three extra midnight or like in the middle of the night watches that weekend i had to watch friday saturday and sunday yeah so that's why i was napping (laughs) but yeah you're not supposed to nap so don't listen to me on that but (laughs) that was like passing navigation like we walked to lunch that day and i was like i never felt like i was like high in the sky like i felt amazing because you just knew that you had no more tests to pass like you had no evolution that could roll you. And it was like the best feeling.
1: Yeah. Well, no evolution that's like in your control, but not in your control. Because yeah, like mean, you could roll at any point. Yeah, you can program. roll at
0: any point if you do something. But you had no test that was up to you to pass anything. Yeah, like I
1: didn't, you didn't have to study anything else.
0: Yeah. And so that was what was so nice was just like, oh my gosh, I'm done. I don't have, not done completely, but I'm done with the academics. I mm-hmm. no longer have to study for a test. And then we like went to book return and I'm like, take all these books. This is great.
1: What day did we take navigate? Oh, cause that's, that's Friday, week eight. eight. Yeah. Because then you have all until like week nine. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I'm like, dude, after navigation, I think every day I just sat there and watched YouTube.
0: Yeah, like, there was nothing to do. And so that was the thing was, like, it was just, it was the best feeling. And I felt really bad for the people that still had to study because they had to study all weekend long. But we were just, like, flying high in the sky, like, not having a care in the world.
1: Yeah. And so it was really
0: hard because, like, we're all unmotivated now. We're all, like, our academics are done. And you saw people that are, like, their little commission relies on passing this test. Yeah. And so that was, like, you know, I'm for sure definitely stressful.
1: I think... One more big point, and this is the advice I gave to uh, the class behind us, was that no matter what, I would rather have three weeks to just do navigation mm, yeah. than three weeks to do navigation and OPI. So if there's going to be anything, I threw all my eggs into the basket of OPI because I'm like, That's navigation, an extra three weeks probably would have helped me, honestly. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, navigation is like probably the best thing to roll on because it's the 100%. things that... To, like, give you a lot more time. Because I'm sure Willis, like, aced that navigation final. He, he, he
1: legitimately did. He got a 98.
0: That's what I'm saying. So, like, you, that is the one thing where it's like, okay, now I have three more weeks to work on navigation. But, of course, no one wants to roll. But, yeah, I definitely see yeah. your...
1: It's one of those, like, once again, I wouldn't do it. However, what I did was threw all my eggs into the basket of OPI. Because it's, like, worst case scenario, I have three weeks to worry about one thing. Whereas... If I roll for OPI now, I got to learn OPI and navigation at the same time, and it's Very like true. now I'm really worried about OPI, whereas it's
0: no, I, I see that. that a lot. Yeah, but that really makes sense.
1: Yeah, it was one of those. I don't know. Nav was was not. Fun. It wasn't a, a fun learning environment there. Yeah, I think now at B Doc it's going to be a little bit better. So. Yeah,
0: so we'll see what Bowen experiences while he learns to become a swimmer. Yeah, really, I'll keep you updated. <laughs> uh, so the next thing that you do in week nine was we went to the fire trainer. So this is when you like become like a real life firefighter and you put on uh, a like a real suit and oxygen mask and you fight real fires. And it was really interesting because I didn't think that I would dislike it as much as I did. You're just covered in sweat i've never been so hot in my entire life the uniform <laughs> like the, the gear is heavy so you're just like clomping around i'm like how in the world are they running up flights of stairs and carrying people in this yeah I was like there is no way i will ever be a firefighter and i'm glad that i never have to question if that's the career path i want to go down. <laughs> but it was cool to learn and experience
1: yeah uh i don't know firefighting was it was probably the most second most fun to the wet trainer but the wet trainer is
0: like way better.
1: hundred percent, because you're not in a a fire suit. Like, yeah. that was the only thing about firefighting that wasn't fun. It Was like you were just hot the whole time. It's like yeah. just nonstop sweating. But in terms of that, it, it was useful. I think it's going to be one of those like,
0: especially when you're on a ship. I was just going to okay. say that,
1: like, especially for swells, it's going to be like this is something that you have to stay up to date on this in terms be part of, of the
0: damage control. You'll exactly, have a, you'll have a your locker and that you're going to have to go to and things like that so it's definitely useful to like have that information but i definitely think that it's a little bit harder and i feel like it's because when you're dealing with that fire it's like oh this is real life like this is this isn't as like not fake as the wet trainers because you are dealing with like real water and things like that but i don't know for me just it made it feel a lot more like real and scary being fire versus being water but I don't know how you felt about that.
1: You said the fire was scarier?
0: Well, just because it's, like, real life. Like, I can't, like, take this oxygen mask off. I'm in the middle of a fire. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it, it was just very like a lot more serious versus I felt like we were having fun at the wet trainer. <laughs> Even though it was, like, learning, it was a little bit more fun. So the next thing is we all got our class T-shirts. So that was really fun to, like, hand out and get all of them just to wear around and, you know, like, have our design come to light it especially was fun because i was part of the t-shirt committee so yeah. it was nice for that like to be done and then one of the last like culminating things about uh, sock phase is battle stations and it's interesting just because it's different between every class so like our experience will be different than anybody listening before or after us and basically the class before you um as Candio's, they come up with this whole day along with your class team so it's also very dependent on your class team as well and so for us like you basically do all of the things that you've been learning so you go and i talked about in doc phase how you do the swim qual so you basically do that again and you practice like man overboard and what that would be like during battle stations you do to the wet you go to the wet trainer you do the fire trainer so you do all those things that you've been practicing and they put it in a little bit more of like a high stress real life situation They're kind of, like, yelling at you. They're making you go faster. It's not, like, a fun, relaxed learning environment. They're, like, putting it to the test. You do a lot of working out.
1: I don't know how much you can tell, but... What? In terms of this. I I told you, it's one of those you're not supposed to say anything about it. It's, like, you got to let them experience it. But I do... I guess the, the trainers that you go to, because they do mention it in the training, it's like, you'll be back here for battle stations. Yeah. It's one if of you those... You know that
0: you're going to go and do it. It's just a different environment.
1: I was just going to say that. It's like, it's not the same, like, happy-go-lucky learning environment. It's like, I expect you to be able to do this. However, I think the only one, and it's my biggest pet peeve about OCS, was the the swimming.
0: The man overboard?
1: Just the swimming in general. Mm-hmm. It's like the swimming there was there's nothing you could do in the in the fire trainer and the wet trainer we can cut that all off oh yeah in the pool yeah i guess somebody could come in and save me but there's too many variables like if you get water into your lung like that's one of those like it shouldn't be that you shouldn't be screaming at me when i'm in a pool Mm -hmm. because now it's getting dangerous like Mm -hmm. that's one of those like you try and keep that as relaxed as possible yeah because, ours is not relaxed though and that's my point so it's it, like, and that's
0: just like the thing but I think at the same time they're trying to make it as real life as they possibly can to teach you those skills but I totally get what you're saying like I, I really do understand what you're saying and like yeah. when you have a hose that's like getting sprayed in your face
1: like who's that like, helping <laughs> who's like helping? It, yeah who's gonna have a hose in, in the ocean <laughs> shooting water yeah I might get hit with a wave cool
0: yeah like you didn't so, get a
1: pool that has waves
0: yeah so it's it's interesting but it was a fun experience you do a lot of team building but i've never been so sore and i think the hardest thing for me was my feet were already pretty like messed up while i was at ocs but because you go from so many situations of like wet to dry wet to dry my yeah. feet were never dry and i got some really really bad blisters that like to this day i'm still having like repercussions from on my feet
1: that's disgusting i know <laughs> you should and so, get checked
0: out. and that's what's really hard it's like my feet got really messed up that day and like the next morning i woke up and i was like oh i am sore this is painful and then you're also disgusting you're disgusting for all day it starts at like 4 a.m and from 4 a.m to about 3 p.m you are covered in sweat and dirt and chlorine and you're just disgusting
1: yeah i don't know it's one of those it's like in the moment, it's fun. Like, when you think back yeah, on it, no, it's, it it's like, damn, we were kind of gross. But it's like, it was a in the moment, experience. it's like, dude, like, this is the last thing we have to get through. Yeah.
0: So, it's a, it's definitely, like, a fun culminating event, especially if your Candios put a lot of effort into it. Um, <laughs> and it's fun that way. And it's fun to, like, bond with your class team and, you know, things of that nature. Uh, but it definitely is, like, wow, it's a lot that we just did in one day. Yeah. So, to round out Sock phase. We pretty much just had battle stations to do, but then you don't do turnover to, like, start Candio until basically that Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Um, and so I had been really struggling for the last, like, couple weeks in the end of jock phase and beginning of sock phase with, like, always throwing up. Like, I would just wake up in the mornings, like, super nauseous, like, all the time. And
1: mm-hmm. sometimes
0: I would throw up and sometimes I wouldn't. And so I finally was like, all right, well, all the events are done. I can go to medical now. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ. So
0: I show up to medical and I'm like, hey, can I just get like a prescription for some Zofran? Like, I'm just throwing up like a lot in the mornings, all this kind of stuff like that. And what do they all look at me? Oh, you're pregnant. I'm like, no, I'm not pregnant. And they're like, you're pregnant. I'm like, I'm not pregnant. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I've passed every pregnancy. Test. Yeah,
1: I've been here for three months. I was <laughs> like, I'm not
0: pregnant. I'm married. My husband's not here. I'm not sexually active. I'm not pregnant. I'm just throwing up in the morning sometimes. Please just prescribe me some Zofran. They questioned me for 25 minutes if I was pregnant. And I was like, I've passed every pregnancy test. I will take one right now for you. I am not pregnant. I was like, I haven't had a period in three and a half months. I haven't had a period since I got here. And I've not had sex while I've been here. I'm not pregnant. And it was funny because, like, the corpsman was, like, just kind of, like, pounding me. And you know when they do the interrogation technique where they ask you a question and then they, like, change the wording and to see if your answer
1: changes yeah
0: and so they kept doing that to me and i was like i'm getting interrogated
1: so when did you find out you were pregnant yeah like Stop. i was like oh my gosh <laughs> so
0: finally the doctor comes in and he's like and i'm telling him and i'm like i literally and he's like yeah i literally went back and looked at all of your tests to, like make sure there wasn't some mix-up and i was like i am not pregnant i promise you i'm not pregnant i'm not been sexually active i am married my husband is not here like all this kind of stuff and i was like i will take another one for you right here right now if you will just give me some zofran and like i was almost to the point where i was like i will just walk out of here i will walk out of here without zofran because it's just so frustrating let's go get it from the next i know right <laughs> um, but so like then finally like yeah okay we'll give it to you and like please let us know if anything comes up and i was like i cannot believe so then i like walk upstairs and I, like, told a couple of my friends about this. So, like, I walk upstairs and I, like, show them I got the Zofran. And they're, like, is that your pregnancy announcement? And I was, like, ha, ha, very funny. You know, because, like, they literally pressured me for so long. And I was, like, I cannot believe that you're pressuring me about this.
1: Yeah, that's rough. So that
0: know. was, like, my only, really nice, like, annoying thing. And then the last thing about sock phase is you moved to King, which is the new building that you'll be in for Candio phase.
1: The old building.
0: It's the old <laughs> building. It's a new building you haven't been living in for the last nine weeks. And I loved it but i think we also had like very different variables so i didn't have a roommate so i had the room to myself again which was really nice and you do have communal showers which kind of sucks but there was eight girls in my class so we never struggled for showers but there was what 50 50- like, 50 of you guys sharing eight showers yeah. for boys?
1: I didn't think about it that way. But, like, when you put it that way, it's probably why. But, no, just in general, it sucked being, not being able to, like, have any privacy in terms of, like, the bathroom.
0: Yeah, you don't have, like, like your normal bathroom in that sense, and, but like, you're only sharing with one roommate. Um,
1: that's the only thing I miss about Nimitz. It's, like, Nimitz, everything was inside my hatch. Like, yeah. I had a restroom. I could go take a shower during the allowed times. But, like, like you said, at King... It's like you get freedom, but the freedom comes with another price because yeah. you're giving up all of your privacy yeah. for this freedom. And it's like, cool, I don't have to walk around in a, a full uniform all day. However, yeah, that
0: was so nice. You could like walk around a little bit more relaxed, like you didn't have to be put together the minute you left your room. Like, if you want to go to the bathroom in flip flops, you could. And it was like very yeah. amazing. That, and then you didn't have a computer in your room, which like, at one point, you thought, like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But during you you use a computer oh, yeah. so much, and then you're like, dang, I'm having to go to, like, a computer lab or, like, go use an extra room in Nimitz. And it was just so much harder than, like, rolling out of your bed and, like, a computer being there. Exactly. So that was the only hard thing, but it was... You didn't have the staff members walking through your rooms and your halls at all times because at Nimitz all their offices are there.
1: Yeah, so like Nimitz, they sometimes more, would come to King, often, yeah.
0: but nothing like Nimitz, and so it was way more lax. And then for me, the biggest thing was I could shower whenever I wanted, as long as like my schedule allowed it. I didn't have to wait till nine o'clock to shower, and that was a game changer for me. At least I love that.
1: When are get in the candy-o phase? That's next. I know week. the next but, week is candy-o phase, which is yes, awesome. Yes, I I agree. It, King had it had its moments for me, like like you said, like not having a a roommate, perfect. It was like I loved all my roommate, well, yeah, I loved all my roommates, but it's like having my own room that I didn't have to really worry about anybody. It was great. I was like, cool. I just get to to come in here by myself do whatever i want but and the I, rooms
0: are way smaller so like i also think about how people did have roommates in rooms that were that small it fucking sucks and i was like dang i don't know how y'all did that because i felt like my room was like always an explosion of stuff because it was so small and i was like i have no idea how i would do a roommate because i also like always laid on my extra
1: bed i was just about to say that i don't know if you told them in your in dog one yeah but if you scared. don't have a hatchmate. You make your bed one time, make sure it looks perfect, and then you never touch it again. And so that's
0: how I would sleep on the extra bed every day. So that was really nice, too. Um, But so, yeah, it was interesting, but I I really did love living at King. I think it would have been very hard, and I understand why they don't live there during Nimitz because of all the things. And I feel like it just wouldn't have worked for the first few phases of training because, like, I could not imagine communal showers at 9 o'clock for an hour. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. If, if, Nimitz works for the structured part of OCS, but I really did enjoy it for the last phase of OCS, living at King.
1: That's a good point, yeah. So yeah.
0: It, it, it does make sense. A lot of times when you're OCS, you're really frustrated, of like, why we're doing this. But yeah. as you go through the program and as you now leave and you can apply it to the fleet, a lot of what you do does finally make sense. And I'll talk about that when we got into Candio and how we tried to help our indocs with that.
1: Yeah. Is there
0: any other lasting information you want to give to the people about sock face?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not really sock phase, but just going there, just because I, I wasn't here for the first two phases, but it's like, make make sure you have an open mindset. Please don't, don't be like me. Like I went there with the, the wrong attitude and it, it took a while. However, it's one of those, I try not to let anybody else dictate how like you're, your time at OCS goes. Like, as much as people play a part in that, you kind of make it... Like, I made it harder on myself than it needed to be.
0: Yeah, sometimes Bone was really... He had, like... He let people get to him. And yeah, like if you see. were not already in his circle, he just became an asshole to you.
1: I and wouldn't then, say that, but I, were, I wasn't...
0: You weren't always the nicest. And if you... Like, but like, I wasn't an
1: asshole, though. It was just, It's more so... Because my whole thing, and that's just how I am as a person in general. Like, if I don't know you... I'm, I'm going to be reserved until yeah, I, like... Yeah, but like
0: when people would come off a little bit more rude, I'm not saying that you should handle rudeness, you would automatically bristle...
1: Of course, but and that's just natural. I
0: know, but I'm just saying that like, and so then that caused this whole like, well, I don't even want to work. Like you became very closed off and you worked on it and things got really like way better. But at first, if something went not your way, and it's a very normal thing, you would just automatically bristle. And then all of a sudden people would be like, oh, I don't want to get anywhere in your boat. And it would be like very hard. But I think that you really worked on it and like the rest mm-hmm. of OCS went way better. That's when you those, said, like, you didn't let people dictate how your time was.
1: Yeah, and that's one of those, like, uh, I forget what the saying is, but when it's, like, you're the, it's, like, you're the only one who can dictate your the, emotions like, or something. Your, and it's, like, story. that, that's, like, true. And that was what I, like, ended up, like, learning. Mm-hmm. However, and I, I wouldn't think, change anything that I no, did. Because I, I think I stuck up for myself, and that's what people didn't like. It was, like, there yeah. was times, like you said, where I did go overboard. And, but those people that yeah. I felt like I went overboard with, I talked to them and I let them know, like, this is why that happened.
0: No, I get and, that.
1: We, and we, like, came to an understanding, like, okay, like like you, like you I said, I personally didn't think I was being an asshole. It's more so I defended like, person- myself this way yeah. because I thought you were doing X, Y, and Z. And then we had that discourse, well, I wasn't doing that. Okay, well, now that you mentioned that, that's on me. And, like, just owning up to stuff like that because that's all OCS is like you're not apologizing because we're all humans we're all gonna make mistakes but yeah. it's like you you make the mistake cool let's move on like
0: yeah no i definitely think and i felt like we were able to like work through all of our stuff is being in top four and i feel like we did a really good job at that and i also think i personally think that being like in a leadership position was really good for both of us during sophomore. i think it like helped us learn a lot and
1: i wanted it for sure
0: you know, so I feel like it was really good for us to learn and like have those experiences. And I think it made because we were both then went to indoc staff for candio, which I'll talk about next week, and I think it made that phase even better because we got to see how OCS is actually run mm-hmm. to then give them really good advice.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so
0: well I appreciate you coming on Bowen. I really appreciate all that we got to go through at OCS and I feel like it will be really important for you know everyone to hear about our experiences, and then for the people that are listening that are headed to them to get this insight before going. Because I know I would have way appreciated knowing a lot more about OCS before I went.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, I I know you said study like Delta and stuff. However, my biggest thing is please look at a, Appendix Bravo.
0: Oh, I talked about. Bravo I would, yeah like
1: I was I, like exactly I know you, I'm sure you mentioned it. However, don't 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 do it. Yeah, I went in there. I didn't look at it. I didn't look at bravo until it was time to do it and then it's like oh bowen just thought
0: that he could just work out and not do appendix bravo
1: yeah that's exactly what i thought and granted it would have worked out for me
0: if you had a different evaluator yeah
1: maybe yeah (laughs) i don't know but all right
0: well thank you again i hope you guys enjoyed listening and next week will be candio phase which was a really fun phase so i can't wait to talk about it have a great rest of your week and i will catch you next friday